headphones off. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm not getting anything in them. Yeah, it's all right. We can, we can keep them off. Keep them off. How you been, bro? Yeah, good, good. It's, uh, what has been a few weeks, I guess? Dude. Oh, it's only been two weeks, actually, um, since y- we had that, you know, we met up at Bo's house. Yeah. Keep that little, that, that mic closer to you and then... Closer? There we go. All right. Dude, yeah, we spent that night and I was going to get a guest on for episode, like, 20. Yeah. But then there's, there's a protest today that Mark is there, he told us about. Oh, yeah, yeah. So is it, this is a refugee, uh, sort of a rally type of thing, is it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So right. I just thought yeah. on this day, and especially because we were talking about that night, we were. It, it was pretty much we, we were talking. You were. You was. Actually, we'll get to that. But then I thought we should just speed it up, and then for episode ten, just have someone on. Yeah, sure. And the great and mighty Lewis Southwoodson's here, uh, and I think well, I you. have, I think I've almost like incriminated you in the last few episodes as saying a lawyer oh look that's all right look <laughs> I, I think i probably you know it was we were talking we were drinking i don't maybe i wasn't very i wasn't probably very clear but yeah look i'm i'm not a lawyer yet i can't give legal advice but i am a, <laughs> i am a law graduate um yeah. and i've been as a kind of working as a you would call it like a similar like a paralegal is, is the term yeah it's like a vocational training thing that you have to do before you can be admitted to practice law so how does that work dude so basically you graduate you, you go to uni whatever you get your degree yeah then you have to go to you know those it's, it's a vocational college so you're similar to tape like it's that type of thing it's not yep. a university yep. Yep. um you do a certain amount of coursework yep and then you have to do i think in my case it was 75 days of work experience right. um and so that's mandatory in New South Wales. Uh, so you have to do that to get admitted. And even... So do you have to do that free? Like, uh, Well, if you're lucky and you get one of those big firms in the city, they'll pay you. Uh, most people, it's uh, don't not in that position. So I, for example, my income comes from working part-time at a library. Yeah. Uh, every day that I'm not working at the library, um, excluding weekends, I'm working in the law firm. Yeah. But, you know, that's so I can get the work done as quickly as possible. Like... I can get admitted in the shortest possible time. It's a bit like, you know, with a driver's license, you do 120 hours, you can do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You could do 120 hours in 120 hours or you could do 120 hours in six months. Yeah. But the quicker that you get onto it, the better. And also I, I, at this particular place that I'm at and, this, and the area of law that we work in is I find interesting. So then I'm motivated to do more days. How'd you get linked up with them? So I was literally just pumping out the old resume to, you know, hundreds of different yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this was one place where they said, look, you know, like, look of uh, your work experience, you're interested in coming in. In fact, uh, yeah, and, were, and, and so I just, I was like, yes, I am. I uh, did an induction there and, and they were like, yep, happy to have you. And so I went on from there. I did do a few other interviews, some other places, that, you know, wasn't successful. I was really, uh, yeah. I, I, what, what, yeah. Like, but what side of law, and not to cut you off, but no, what, no. what side, what area, like what is, what is this, what's the firm? And then I know they gave you the job, but yeah. is, is, it, is it the right area of law that you want to um, go in is that is that a so the firms are, it's a general practice firm there's a lot of firms like that so they'll do multiple areas of law yeah um some law firms um will only do a certain area of law which is their specialty so you might have a law firm that specializes in i don't know trusts 
you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, that's yeah. all they do is trusts. Um, so they won't. So if you came to them saying, "I got um, something," you know, someone beat me up or something, a case they won't. They're just going to say, it. "Oh, you'll need to go somewhere else." Yeah. But with our one, we'll do anything. Yeah. But then we're not heavily specialized. Although, so if you came to us with a very complicated trust case, we'd probably. Be you like, know, no, outsource that to, shit. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's just like, obviously, you know, we have to be reasonable and, and upfront with the, with the client about what we can actually do for them. Yeah. Um, can't hold yourself, we can't hold ourselves out as being, you know, the world's leading you know, tax experts when we're not. But there are people that obviously specialise in those areas. The thing, uh, so with, with law, I find it so interesting because, like, I, I don't know the space heaps just like in general because it's so congluted to to my brain so it's like for example queensland and new south wales mm. it changes and so with if you got your if you got your like if you go and get admitted and yeah. you take a direct path in in a direction that you go mm. can you just travel around it just like um, my naivety in that space is so huge because of the way our um how do i put this the way that our our, our political uh, governance and 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 legal uh, structures are in australia per the constitution yeah um the laws, obviously, as you pointed out, they vary from state to state, and then mm. and the consequence of that is that the actual content of the law varies, and and that means that if I'm a New South Wales person and I get admitted mm. to practice in New South Wales, I can't automatically, like as of right, go to Queensland and do that. I would yeah, then that's need what to go I thought. To, I would need to go to Queensland. I would have to be admitted in the Queensland Supreme Court. And, Isn't uh, that crazy, dude? It, and you know, we're we're a more mild example. In the United States, they have like, you know, they have a bar. I think they call it the bar, and it's for the bar for every like the Louisiana bar, whatever the Boston, Massachusetts bar, and they're totally different. And you would need to be quite conversant in a given state to like yeah. practice in that state. So I have an American friend, and, and she's but she works here, but she's from Illinois, and right. she was telling me like, you know, like it's wait because their federalism, like the, the I guess what I'd say, their state autonomy is far more entrenched in America than it is in Australia. Like we we yeah. have our obviously our states have autonomy. Yeah, New South Wales does what it wants within constitutional limits. So does Queensland. But you notice that we 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 we're more or less aligned, and usually like on big issues, every state will just essentially follow the usually unless it's very controversial, they'll follow the lead. Like the federal government is a thing called COAG. It's the Council of Australian Governments. Yeah, it's a, this thing where like. New South Wales and Queensland and all these people, they get together and they're like, let's have a national framework for consumer law. Yeah. So we, 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 we want to stop deceptive advertising practices across the country. So everyone comes together, they go, this is what it's going to be. And they all just like pass this. Even though each state has to pass their own legislation, they agree that they're going to pass, um, what do I say, commensurate legislation, like legislation that corresponds to each other. Mm. In America... Um, you've got all states like you know you had Alabama recently banning abortion or whatever and yeah, that's yeah. completely like that's not in line with a great many other American states and that's like a you can you can you can you know? smoke weed in LA yeah. but then you go to Texas and you get put in jail yeah exactly yeah. exactly like don't you think that to me that's quite crazy that in one country in one region you can like whatever like Colorado legalizing fucking um, psilocybin and then you've got uh, some other state where they just like lock you up for 20 years or something. That's crazy. It's in the same country. 
You know, it, it doesn't. It, yeah, it, it makes absolute. Just, just to me, just to me, it's just mind-boggling, dude. Because it's how can you go in your country, go to an area, and something be fine, and you cross an imaginary line, and then you get twenty to life. Yeah, I know. It's it's insane. I mean, it's <laughs> power, isn't it? It's power manifested over a large geographic area. It's just, I mean, that's the. That's probably a wanky thing to say, but you know, that, that is what, that, that's, it's just pa- like the smaller that you, the bigger, I guess the bigger you are and the more like characters are in the game, the more you're going to have these sorts of results of different people putting their stamp on things. So, you know, All right, I just find it, dude, I find that, do you reckon, do you reckon, do you reckon we're going to get to legalization over here? Well, I mean, it's, uh, cannabis has been decriminalized in New South Wales, not legalized. Has it? Mm. Medicinal marijuana is, is you can you, if you have a prescription you can get that as of now I believe I believe Mike that was one of not that I'm a huge fan of him but that was one of the things the last the, one of the things that I, I agreed with that Mike Baird did just before he went was to say you know I think it was in the context of glaucoma and he was saying oh I know people that you know they're suffering from glaucoma I don't really see an issue with this so let's pass it did you see that case dude that so this lady yeah she got pulled over. Yeah. By the cops, she got uh, roadside tested, mm. and uh, she came up positive for weed, marijuana, mm. and she went to court yeah. for it. Yeah. See if you can check this out, Mark. So it's this New South Wales lady. She she, um, it's the first of the case in in Australia. So she got pulled over by the cops, mm. and then she. They found her positive and she beat the case through passive smoking. Passive smoking New South Wales case. So oh, okay. so the the it's the first of its kind, which pretty much opens a floodgate yeah. for everything else. Every, yeah, right? Everyone's gonna say they're a passive smoker. Yeah, so yeah. so what happened is the, that and then all, all in, boys and all the university a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean, it's a legit. I mean, I'm, I find that interesting. I, do, I wasn't familiar with that case, but I do find it interesting because you know you would you would think from one perspective the rationale behind laws that punish people for driving while intoxicated is purely really based around safety concerns. So if I was like passively in, uh, intoxicated, I'm still intoxicated. You know, there would be. I would have thought the counter argument um, would be regardless of whether you chose yourself to smoke a joint or you were Dutch oven in some room, yeah. you know that you're stoned yeah, and yeah, you've yeah. gotten into a car. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be interested to read that case because I just think yeah. it goes against the spirit of the whole <laughs> reason why... Have you found it or not? Have you found it? So what's, what's, what's the details of it? We need to get a mic for everyone, eh? I'm sorry, we'll, we'll get to this... <laughs> We'll get to the mics later on, so bear with us. But we're getting there. So, what, what, yeah, what's what's the details? Uh, well, it's basically what you said. Um, someone tested positive and was cleared based on uh, the concept of passive smoking. She didn't actually smoke it. She said not in the weeds, but she'd been hanging out with a friend who had been neighbor, the neighbor of her. Yeah. Um, who had a medical uh, prescription. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I, don't know, I have no idea. That's How nuts is that? That's the frontier of law right now. Um, uh, the police believe that their equipment 
That's interesting. That's, That's really and interesting. And here's the crazy thing, right? Is that they then university, I think it's Charles University, I'm not too sure. I, put, I just put Charles University on blast. Is that even a university? I don't know. Jerry, <laughs> you get a university. Univers- you get a university. University of Robbo. <laughs> yeah, University of Robbo. Robbo. <laughs> dude, you should, that'd be, how do you even, dude, I did, just in my head, I'm like, how does one... How would I go about starting, starting a fucking university? Who, do that? No, I don't even know, dude. That's, that goes this outside <laughs> realms that I understand. Yeah, but, I know. <laughs> me too. But so, so they did this. These after this case, um, they did this. Uh, all these tests. Yeah. So they got um, a sample amount of people in. It might be on. Uh, it might be on an article. Might not. Um, well, it will be out there because I've read it. So. They did a sample. So mm. they got, let's say they got 20 people. I can't remember the exact amount of people because my memory is terrible. So they got 20 people. Yeah. And then they got 20 people on the other side. 20 people they gave placebo to, 20 people that actually gave drugs to. They wanted to test um, road oh, drug okay. if, it's, if it actually works or it doesn't or, or how yeah, everything yeah. aligns. Now... Because people that haven't was just driving normally, they can get um, roadside tested for drugs and they can come up positive. What's crazy is that this wow. university, yeah, yeah, so this university test, yeah, the people that took the placebo, yeah, the the people that took the drug, yeah, came negative. Some of them, a, a lot of them, came positive, and then the people that took the placebo came positive. So then it it just deteriorated so. the roadside drug test, and on that case of that lady, yeah. they also pulled that up. So the percentage uh. it varies. So I mean, I suppose like, yeah. So the human because the the human body can produce THC right naturally. It maybe in the I'm just speculating here, but maybe with the placebo people. I speculate all the time, dude. Oh, it's I live in that, that space. You know, that's <laughs> that's how we. You, you know, otherwise, you'd, if, if you know, I was thinking about this the other day, right? You know, so much, it's so little. We know so little, right? Yeah. About when you think of the total number of topics of knowledge or whatever in the world. Yeah. Even like the smartest person, the most well-read person, only knows a fraction of human. hundred has a fraction of human knowledge. So if you're not speculating. You're not learning because really, if you only speak about what you definitely know, you're not going to have much to say. A hundred percent. I totally think you know, spirit of inquiry. If you, so long as you, so long as you're upfront and you go, look, I don't know everything about this, but it seems to me X, Y, Z, just based on my so these assumptions, and I'm happy to change my opinion if I get new information. That's fine. That's, that's what you want to do. The T, dude. To that's a what T. You want. I never hold on to something so tight that it's just like I can't like change my mind mm. I, th- I, I i look to like i'll have i have an understanding and yeah. i'll look for something to try and change that understanding yeah I, I i think i think that's good and i also would say that i don't know i'd be interested to get the opinion of the room on this but at least in our co- you know our popular culture at the moment sort of internet culture and all that stuff i feel and and in our and in our political scene in the political scene at least here in australia it's probably mm. in america too there's this big emphasis on not being wrong and never being incorrect, right? Because as soon as you're incorrect about something, then your credibility shot and, you know, yeah. whatever. So then have you noticed the, the lengths that politicians go to? Uh, but I think not just politicians. Like, you see it on YouTube videos with these sorts of big personalities. No, it's very rare to see someone say, I thought this, 
uh, my inf- I was misinformed or my belief was incorrect or I've changed my opinion. I mean, you do see it, but more often than not, it's like, no, 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 I'm still right. That opinion is still right because of this reason. So, like, people will, like, you know, they'll, like, try to come up, they do all these, like, mental twists just so they don't look like they're, they're wrong. You know, they're like, well, actually, I'm right in this way. Like, for example, I'll give you an example. Um, the other day, like, this is a political example, right? Yeah. So, obviously, the Labor Party lost the unlosable election, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, they were criticised for their, amongst other things, for the, that they perhaps were a bit too, I don't know, maybe a bit too bold with their policies or whatever. Yeah. Um, one of their policies was about that they opposed, you know, and I'm not giving a perspective on this, like personal perspective, but one of their policies was the Liberal Party said, we're going to do all these, we're going to do various tax cuts, right? And the, and, and the Labor Party, Labor Party's position was, we're going to, we, we would support the tax cuts to low income earners. We don't support tax cuts to people on whatever it is, $200,000 or more, or whatever it was, like high income tax cuts. Yeah, yeah. Because their argument was, we need that money. We, we're not going to give those guys a tax cut because we want to take, we want to continue to, uh, you know, whatever, raise taxes off them and then we're going to use those taxes to put that into health and education, right? That was basically their policy, right? Yeah. It got rejected. They lost the election. Now they come out and said, okay, now we will support these tax, what the Liberal Party's policy is, right? Yeah. But rather than saying, look, we went to the election with these policies, these policies were rejected. So because the Liberal Party won on these policies, we've decided that, you know what, I guess the people of Australia don't want this right now, so we're going to change our position. They didn't do that. Anthony Albanese comes out and he goes, no, 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 no. We're not actually... It's silly to think that we're actually changing our policy. What we're actually doing is... I'm like, no, you are... You've, you've given up, you've abandoned your policy of wanting to maintain taxes, whatever the tax rate on the high-income earners was, and you are now agreeing with the Liberal Party and you voted with them to reduce taxes that those people pay. Now, whether that's good or not... You, you, you have to admit to that. Yeah. But he's like, no, 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 we still have the same position. I'm so, well, how do you have the same position? It's like, can you not just come out and say? Like, you could justify. You could say, this is going to be bad. Mm. Um, we're voting for something that's going to be bad. Um, but we have no choice. Because otherwise we're going to get wedged over this and we're going to get attacked and we're going to, and we'll never, well, you know, we, maybe we need to do this so that you can see how bad it is. And that's a pretty, maybe a lot of people would say, how dare you? Because you're saying you're going to punish the Australian people, teach them a lesson. Well, you know, at least it's a justification rather than pretending that you have the same position when you clearly don't. Mm. If, 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 if I like drinking Fanta and then I go from drinking Fanta to drinking lemonade and I, and I, and I, 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 I go, I actively do not want to buy Fanta and they go, oh, you don't like Fanta and you, you, you like whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 I like Fanta. I still like Fanta and I still don't really drink lemonade. It's just that due to these things, I'm drinking lemonade and I'm not drinking Fanta. That doesn't make sense, right? Mm. So... It's at that point. People are so, in the public sphere, people are so worried about being seen as taking a backward step on anything that mm. they're doing this mental gymnastics to try and like... You know, it's Justification. Like, yeah, it's like this almost like sort of Orwellian sort of like, no, no, double plus bad, same thing. It's like people see through it and they just think it's pathetic. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I, I'm sure I can't do it. 100%. I reckon. And what do you reckon? What do you reckon? Like, did... Do you reckon it was a good move for the Labor Party to sort of um, show their hands per se? I mean, I think it was a brave move. Uh, it was an honest move and it didn't pay off. Yeah. So say what you will. So what that says about the nature of politics in this country. Is that what yeah. says the nature of politics or is that what the nature of people? Oh, I mean, well, well, people's reactions and how people can react to things and how people can be made to 
have certain impressions of things as part of as part of politics, right? It's how it's all what you get the it's all about what you get the masses to think or you, what you get key demographics to think. Maybe that's perhaps mm. more accurate because I don't think they lost by that much. It's just that they lost in key areas or they didn't pick up where they needed to pick up, and that's why they lost. It's not like it was like landslide, like and that's also a way it's kind of been represented in the media. Like it wasn't really a landslide. It was just they didn't get things they expected they were going to get, and that meant that they. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bit like the Hillary Trump thing or whatever I keep hearing. I, I don't know. And I, I, I preface this by saying I'm not <laughs> I'm not actually that big up on the whole American scene. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, general yeah. shit. But I heard that like Hillary won the popular vote it's, or whatever. That's and Trump refreshing. Won. That's actually refreshing because everyone seems to have an opinion on the American scene. And I'm like, so what about Australia? And they're like, oh. what, a, what, a, what about Australia? <laughs> I was like... Mate, it's the country you live in. What do you yeah. mean? What about Australia? Oh, that cultural cringe at work. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> completely. And I didn't understand how, like, at the end of the election, I wish in future we'll, we'll be able to pull up, like, in oh, front of, like, I'll be able to, like, show you something that Mark will be able to get up. But he had he the dude was running um, the dude the dude the dude um, that's that's how bad it is what what's it, what? which, which that's this is this is the exactly it yeah why which party dirty bill dirty bill like a tax bill shorten <laughs> yeah so electricity bill shorten so this is and that and God just almighty. just right then the hesitation on his name is perfect for what I was about to say because at the no, end he, yeah. coming no. into the final day of the election yeah it said vote he's running through melbourne there's an image of yeah. him running through melbourne yeah. and him saying with a shirt yeah. that says I'm vote for Chloe Shorten's wife. Chloe Shorten's husband. Oh, husband. oh yeah. wife. <laughs> 2019, <laughs> we're here. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> but th- but how, how Yeah, I know. How no- not a good PR <laughs> I mean the problem with him was, I don't know, he seemed like a decent enough bloke, but he just like he could not crack. He just couldn't crack through. And and Penny Wong came out and said something I thought was not helpful uh, in the very last stages say? of the election. Well, you know how Bob Hawke died and everyone was talking about Labor's legacy and stuff. Yeah, She's yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. Hawke's died, so you've got to vote for us now. And I'm like, does that not seem like the height of hubris right there? There was like a general, there was a genuine sentiment of like, oh, he was a really good leader. Like a lot of people liked Hawke. It's yeah. like, you can't, yes, you might be going to ride off the coattails, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but don't explicitly say, Oh, we're gonna ride off the coattails because that—that's gonna get these the public to go. Oh, well, fuck you! Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if someone's doing something and they're like, it's like when someone feels bad for you and then they start to do stuff and then you like explicitly advert to the fact that they should feel bad for you. They're gonna like that's gonna get most people to balk back right off, right? Because you're like, now Boy, I feel like up. I'm being taken advantage of, yeah. or that you think you can demand things of me. Yeah, 100%. I think a lot of people wouldn't have liked that. I think that was a bad move on her part. It just and like and it doesn't. It, it, what's what? What was the uh, what was the quote? What, what was what she say? It was something uh, like you can look it up. It was like, wow. Does that not seem like a very demanding like di- like directive thing? You're saying to the public in the final days of the election. If you want to honour this guy that was meant to, we're meant to all be celebrating in a non-partisan way, vote for Labor. 
<laughs> that was a bad, bad move. And that would yeah. have been interpreted by the Australian people. I think a lot of people is like, that's grubby. I'm not saying she's grubby. I'm saying that thing that she said was a bad move on her yeah. part. Yeah. No, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, I, I just think the whole, like, the whole, that entire campaign, sure, it was brave to tell the public exactly your cards and say, this is the plan and this is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And the it just shows... I don't know, the general public, if it just shows they're like, oh, so you're going to sort of tax us here, here and here. I actually don't want to do it for the better good, so mm. to speak. Whether it's the whether it Labor's right or, or wrong, it just showed that if you lay out a plan and demonstrate that to the Australian mass, mm. it, they looked at it individually rather than looking at it as mm. a country and the whole thing of vote for chloe shorten's yeah, husband i don't off. even know who chloe shorten is mate <laughs> like what do you see so if someone just wore a shirt chloe shorten's husband <laughs> i didn't know who she was sure she's got a short last name like i get it but like what a shit PR on yeah, the last yeah, day of yeah. the election. What's that expression? It's on the nose, I think. It doesn't. It doesn't. It was. Too, it was too smart by half. It was too smart for its own good. Um, I just think. I think the other thing is how it was represented, right? Do you know? Remember, like it was like Labor's got a death tax. Yeah, yeah. that what was, was that just about? an out and out lie. What well, it was just a lie. What, I'll tell you what yeah, it was. What, what you can that check about? that up. The death tax misrepresentation. I mean, Labor also did this in the last election where they said the Liberals were going to get rid of Medicare. Now, the thing is, Liberals don't like Medicare. It's mm. antithetical to their ideology. But what they were actually proposing to do was to privatise, I think, outsource some aspect of the payments for Medicare, which mm. I personally think is a bad move and it's a step on that path to privatisation. But they weren't privatising Medicare. Like, do you get what I mean? You can't say that. That's very alarmist. And anyway, they lost a lot of votes. That was the election that they almost won where Turnbull lost like all those seats. And the Liberals were furious because they were like, that's not what we said we were going to do. With this death tax thing, uh, Clive Palmer and the Liberal, various people in the Liberal Party came out and they were like, You're gonna, there's going to be this inheritance tax when you die. Now, the truth is, um, feel free to correct you know, if I'm wrong on this, but I think I know, I think this is what it is. There was a, a, a Labor conference. They have like these conferences in the Labor Party to determine what their policy platform is going to be. Yeah. At the conference, there are various different factions One of and, and other entities. One of the entities there was a, a union. I can't remember which union it was. Mm. And they had requested that Labor include that as a policy, that the, that be adopted as a party policy. That was not adopted. That was, that Wait, was, sorry, it was, it rewind was, it was, that for me a little bit. So like, you know, when they, uh, the way that the Labor Party comes up with its policies, I think they have these big meetings where okay. they get all their, they get like, it's it's different for the Liberal Party and Labor Party. I, I'm not too up on it, but yep, apparently yep. it's just this, they get everyone in, all the different yep, yep, left, yep, yep, left, yep. White, right yep. factions of the Labor Party and they go, okay, yep. I think it's like the caucus or something. I okay, don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, this is what, we, we need to work out what our policy is going to be. And that's where they adopted like the fucking... Um, what were we just talking about? Like the tax thing. Yeah, like ta the like death tax. No, 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 no. I mean like the other stuff they were going to do, like the franking credits. Like all yes. that stuff was d developed probably at that conference, right? Adopted. It was explicitly adopted formally as a policy as a result of voting or whatever in that conference. One suggestion from one of the parties in attendance at that conference was a death tax. Yeah. That was not adopted by the caucus. It was considered and it was decided that it would not become part of Labor policy. That was then represented 
in the uh, like by people in the public, uh, politicians and other media figures as Labor ha- that Labor was going to impose a death tax. If that is not by definition dishonesty, I don't know what is. And they do think that that was that caused a bleed from Labor's voting base, and that was an out and out lie. So wait, what? So what is what is the death tax? Everything. I love how everything's yeah. fake news these days. Yeah, eh? I think you. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what article it was, but I, I, I think you need a bit more than fake news. I mean, everyone does that now. That doesn't mean. I anything. know. <laughs> it's like this is fake news. Anything you say this day, I think Trump. Trump pretty much just that guy is an interesting human in the world's sphere. I mean, he tapped into a, a you know a great frustration that people were having with news outlets. He certainly tapped into something. What it, he's done with it, I don't know, I think is very responsible, but he tapped into something. He's harnessed anger. He's harnessed cynicism and he's gone, oh, well, you bullshit. And everyone knows that it's bullshit. Maybe that may have worked for one or two stories about him, but now it's just the carte blanche do you response feel, for everything. So I, I know everyone, good. everyone's like, I know that there's, he's definitely, obviously got elected. He's got a massive base and, but general public that you speak to, everyone's like, he's an idiot, he's an idiot. Do you feel mm. that it was here we are now talking about American politics Oop. when we were like just saying that thing? But it's an interesting case because it's it I find him an interesting character. So I'm not talking about American politics, yeah. I'm just talking the, about the, the character. The Donald. Yeah, the Donald. <laughs> well, yeah. Do I think he's an idiot? No. I don't think he's an idiot. I don't think any American president that I can think of is an, would be No, no, no. I'm idiot. not saying he's an idiot at all. What I'm saying is do you feel like it was calculated? What do you mean? Like, what? like do you reckon he waited and we're going to get into the immigration stuff, yeah. which we, we definitely want to talk about and the main thing that I really want to talk to you about. Um, but do you feel like, because he got asked by Oprah right. a long time ago, if you're going to be, um, do you think you'll ever run for president? Yeah. And uh, he, he goes... No, I might. I don't know. He, you know, oh, did he tale. harbor aspirations from an early, earlier time? I think so. To the campaign in two thousand and two, oh, two thousand four, I think. Was that like not uh, like as an independent? Yeah, as an independent. He, oh, he really? Had, he had very mild success. <laughs> That's where the whole Simpsons thing comes from. Ah. Oh. Because there was a joke that his terrible campaign in the early two thousands was going to be successful. I didn't even know he ran in the yeah, early two yeah, thousands. Yeah, what? I didn't even know he ran then. Yeah, yeah. So that's where that Simpsons episode comes from. Yeah. I get it. So, do you, but do you reckon it was calculated? What do you reckon? Like he waited. He is. He had that. He, he had that two thousands. Yeah. Mm. And then, and then, do you reckon he saw a reaction? Because mm. he's very good at. Um, grabbing attention and in terms of um, an audience and marketing and everything like that he's an absolute genius at branding and that's essentially what got him maybe essentially whatever it's essentially what got him to the thing make America great again it's like a slogan and you can see where humanity's Mm. gotten to where a slogan will get you into the office yeah Um, 
Now, do you feel like he waited until the turmoil of everything, how people were reacting, how people were feeling, mm. um, getting data from how people felt about a specific topic? Have you got a call? Sorry, going on? yeah, it's just a work thing. Sorry. Um, You're right. Sorry about that. Um, I just, I'm, yeah, I was, as I mentioned to you before the podcast, I know, I know, I know. I've got a call yeah, we got, at three. We got um, tight times. What's yeah. the time right now? It's quarter to two. Quarter to two? Yeah. Sorry, okay. sorry. No, you're uh, right, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, you're right. Um, so do you, like, do you feel like he just waited for the right perfect time to then just be like, all chips in, all yeah. money in, um, this is how people feel and I know I'm going to hit a particular nerve and mm. get elected. Yeah, here. there's a really interesting video. Um, it's by a guy called Emp Lemon. I don't know if anyone's heard of him. He's one of these YouTube commentary type people. It's like how, I think something like how, how memes, it was like how me, Donald Trump weaponized memes. I don't know. Basically, he's like Donald Trump was just more in tune with like the counterculture and uh, than Hillary was obviously. And then he weaponized memes. Like, you know, there was the, the Donald Pepe thing. And yeah. he kind of, he re, was retweeting that stuff. And I think just he was able to ride like this sort of, because you've got to remember that was also in the context of people getting really a lot of there was this groundswell of populist sort of anger at you know moralizing elements of the left. That was do you remember that was that was big SJW hating season 2015, 2016? Yeah. So we just rode that, you know. He was like, Well, if I say fuck you and I don't give a shit what you think, people yeah. will go behind that. And they did. I think that's tempered off a bit now, actually. I don't think I think that now we're as always happens. I'm not saying... So, obviously, there was a big SJW kind of... I don't want... I mean, I'm being very reductionist by saying SJW, but there was this left surge against... You can't... You know, that was a, a like a great moral... You know, like it was a moral um, 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 insurrection, don't you think? Against maybe the culture of like the mid-2000s, the 2010s. Like a lot of things where people were saying, no, it's actually not acceptable to casually make the racist jokes. It's not acceptable to make the rape jokes. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was this, this sort of developed. It didn't just come like that. Like it was like this is some stuff, and then people people started writing articles, and this was in the context of the United States. What is it? The United States Supreme Court and various other things like legalizing gay marriage. Mm. So like you, you know, there was like an ascendancy of the moralistic left, which was which was gaining a lot of support in the media up till maybe like 2015. Then that's when you had like your 4chan, I don't know, alt right response which you can't even go on 4chan in australia anymore if people don't know that um can't you? nah it's just gotten deleted off our internet how what? crazy is that i've not heard that. 4chan.org you can't go on it and bitroot is another website which was a competitor to youtube you can't go on that anymore really? telstra shut it all out and hasn't told the you know, really? general public that's incredible yeah that's that really yeah so you can't go if you go 4chan.org it won't let you. It won't load it. Will it, Mark? Exactly. When did this happen? Uh, about uh, a month or two ago. Yeah. Oh, actually, but is it like a technical happen? thing, or are they saying that we've banned this? No, it's banned. How do you feel about that, Louis? I mean, I think that that's a very drastic step to take to ban a website it's like 4chan. Yeah. I mean, no, 4chan's got a lot of like. But, you know, it's it does contain some pretty undesirable elements uh -huh, there. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's not just that, is it? No, like, it's, it's not a massive that. website. And yeah, that's what I mean. That's what thing. I mean. I've not even heard about this. What, yeah, I, so I, when I, was it been, Mark? Three months ago. Because okay, I mean, did did you know about that, Bo? Yeah, 
I, I, yeah, okay. I didn't remember hearing I, I talked, about it. I talked to Bo about it. Okay, but it was only because... Okay, but someone... Okay, but how did you find out? Did you see, read the news one day or something? I just don't mm. remember hearing... Yeah, no, I follow, I follow the cyber security and everything. Oh, um, yeah, right. So well, that's, that's, a, that's a concerning in, thing. Don't you think that's... Okay, maybe there's grounds to... Look, I don't know. I just feel like that's a, that's a very drastic... That's a big step to take. And it just seems to have gone by with barely a whisper. Like, I've heard nothing about exactly. it. Exactly. That's what concerns me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know... Yeah, go, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that doesn't that seem a bit concerning it's, to everyone? Yeah, completely. There's one article on one website somewhere about this entire yeah. website being banned by the Australian government. It's not even just 4chan. It's a, it's a lot of others. They said it was a temporary thing that was going to happen for like a, a week or so. I think when the first when I first heard about it and discussions, and now it's been it's now pretty much for life apparently. Is um, what yeah, I mean. I mean. I mean. I don't like the way that that's come about. If that's happened, I don't like the fact that there's been like no public discussion of it. It's. I think it, I can see that happening here in Australia, but it's I. Nice. I just think nice. that I don't think. Well, point to another country that's banned. Um, aside from like you know, countries that you would expect to ban North websites. North Korea and everything. Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I don't think the 4chan's banned anywhere else that I can think of. But even for 4chan, like bitch, it wouldn't. Like, what is this? What is this banning of websites through ISPs? Like, this is the sort of stuff that... Well, it's done by the ISP. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is not a government decision. Oh, okay. It's Telstra's decision. Uh, it's the ISP's actual Yeah, so that's... Does that's, that mean that's you can where it gets it? tricky because it's like... It, the, well, what prompted it, Telstra to do that? Yeah, you and can't. Why would Telstra have any interest in this? No, I don't. I don't I, to to hide it's to hide to, to hide behind that just Telstra is a private company and yeah, they did to it, it, it to was, hide yeah. behind that as to, to say that government has nothing to do with that whatsoever is a bit you know naive. And I also think that ISPs are not your average company because they regulate access to information. Surely you would and think communication. That would, I know that the Australian Media Authority regulates internet service providers, and there's all sorts of things that they exactly. have to do. Exactly. So they're it gatekeepers. Out. You know, like <laughs> okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. It's um, it's it's absolutely nuts. When I when I found out, I was like, what? And then <laughs> what? This is banned. Like no one knows about this. This was quietly done, mm. and we're supposed to be have free internet, no. and the internet is supposed to be a place where you know you can go without, of course, going into the dark web. Just generally, internet I you can just. But then it pushes people to use VPNs, which mind boggles me because it's like you're pretty much saying to the public, now VPN sales have gone up. Yeah, now there's all different types of VPNs coming out. Now you're going to create a system where networks bounce across the world and you're not going to see... <laughs> he's just chilling there I don't even know why he's there I just, He's just been there the whole podcast Since we started So, But it just, it just brings Puts people into Dark corners mm, mm, And it's mm. you, uh, We can't tell right now But we can only see in future what it's going to do And I don't To me it, right now it just doesn't mm. seem like the right no, approach. well, I just think that Australia... I'm not necessarily connecting these two issues together, but I just as an aside, I think Australia, as a Western country or whatever, liberal democracy, it is particularly of the Western countries susceptible to authoritarianism. And I think it's because it's a, it's, it's, there's cultural aspects to that. There's the fact Australians have been very complacent. We tend to be complacent. There's the fact that we tend to be 
not think things are as bad as they are. I mm. think, and I also think there's there there are legitimate. There is a history of totalitarianism in Australia, like mm. a legitimate history of to, with, it started off as like a penal colony or whatever. Like mm. the people, like the people that were transported to Australia from Europe, were all basically there wasn't there wasn't an election. Mm. You know, they were put on ships and then they were like under martial law. Mm. So that's how that that is the that is the the Anglo roots of Australian culture. That's the Anglo-Australian roots of Anglo-Australian culture, mm. right? Not the case in America. They fought a war of independence. Um, and in England, you know, they've had a lot longer to develop their structures, like fucking thousands of years or whatever. Yeah. We literally, as, 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 as whatever, uh, you know, post-Indigenous Australia has not been around for long, really, in the scheme of things. Uh-huh. And it started with a pretty heavily entrenched culture of martial law and doing what you're told and getting a, you know, a, a rifle butt to the back of the head if you talk, talked back. Yeah. Maybe... I don't know. Like I, I'm wildly do speculating you, here. Do you, do you think that might make us a bit more amenable to having those structures come back in again? Because we're used to it. Oh, yeah, old Gov over there just told us to do this, so go and do this. Americans would never stand for that. Do you reckon? Do you reckon in terms of, in terms of our culture? Do you reckon that any? Do you reckon all cultures fit with each other? I think they're just. I mean, I think cultures will have points of commonality and points of difference. And I think a, a unique Australian trait as a Western country has been traditional acceptance of authoritarianism so i think that that defines us separate distinguishes us from other western countries yeah so for 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 example do you feel like bringing in someone from uganda yeah fits in with our culture better than bringing someone in from south africa or do you feel like those cultures can mash with our culture um, my answer to that would be, I think that, you know, okay, I don't want to try and like just go off on a tangent here. Yeah. Obviously, multiculturalism is part of Australian culture at this stage. Mm-hmm. And for the last four, you can argue it's been a, a part of Australian culture, even when the white Australian policy existed, because there's always been people that have like the Chinese came here in the gold rush era. Um, Afghan people came here and, and basically to to the they, they brought that's when they brought in the camels so there's like yeah. afghan families that have been here for hundreds of years yeah. but that obviously was it was mainly white australia right anglo australia whatever yeah. um but i think now we can say no we multiculturalism is a cornerstone of the cultural fabric of australia i don't mean like those individual cultures i mean the fact that there are those cultures and that they interact with each other is a component of australian culture right. so that's one thing mm. so i think that that would, mm. that would suggest a variety of cultures coming in as being something that Australian culture would support. Mm. Like, and and it, it exists to different degrees. Like, there's the fact that you go to school with people from all sorts of different cultures if yeah. you're in major urban centres. Then there's the fact that we appreciate, we take for granted and don't see it as remarkable that you've got like 50, 60 different types of cuisine. Mm. That's a sign of a multicultural country. Yeah. If it, was, if it wasn't, if it wasn't, if the, or if it was just starting, you would say, people would be like, wow, isn't it? It's crazy that we have Indian food. Yeah, but we don't. We don't. We're not at that point now. We're at the point that that's just a thing. That's just part of the cultural landscape. Even in this room, we're fifty-fifty. We're across multicultural well, in this exactly. room. As is that that um. So when we discussed um, two weeks ago, yeah. Um, when so we oh, went out that it. night, and so where when you were talking about that uh, yeah. particular case where um, 
you wanted to bring light and that's yeah. why I wanted to speed up to have a yeah, guest yeah, on yeah, the let's podcast. Talk about that for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so what culture is she from and um, what's 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 her country? So, so this, is a, this was a... And a, why a, are they trying to ship her out? So this was a client we had or, and we were dealing with the situation was it was it was a Pakistani woman. Okay, Pakistan. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it's Pakistan's the country. Although this doesn't just uh, relate to Pakistan. There's in multiple countries where this is an issue. Yeah. Um, this is a... She's fleeing a situation where um, she's basically... Her family is attempting to put her into a forced marriage, okay. and she has not wanted to do that. And she's come to the law firm to for help. Uh, well, so she's applied for asylum, okay, and, and right. has, yeah, and then has yep. then come to the law firm for help. Okay, um, and so the position is what she says is that if she is if she's returned, refouled to Pakistan, mm-hmm. uh, she'll disappear, and that because uh, a lot of these sorts of the family, well, I, I wasn't very clear. The family has tried to uh, kind of attack her and get her, for want of a better word, and that's why she left, because she refused to marry a particular person. Right. From their perspective, and, 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 and I, I'm going to make a few points about this, but in, in this particular, these particular people are very, con- this family is a very conservative um, South Asian family, right? Yeah. Um, and they, that there's a conservative element of South Asian culture which regards women... Uh, as being kind of like emissaries of the family, but also kind of like property. And okay. but in a way, like if they if certain things happen and and a woman acts a particular way, it dishonors the family. It's like a loss of face thing. Now I really want to be clear that I'm not saying that Pakistan's like that as a whole. And the most resistance to honor killings and these sorts of things comes from Pakistanis. Mm-hmm. But it's like if Australia's culture is like you have like there are people that think women should be in the kitchen or whatever. And there's like people that don't like, you know what I mean? Like the parochial, Pakistan's version of this parochialism is is what I'm talking about. So to be like some like neo-Nazis or something going after some Australian person for, I don't know, marrying someone of a different race. It's, it's, it, you get the par- like parallel? Like I'm not trying to say, and I think this is where we fall down in, in a lot of our discussions. Like, You're saying that Pakistan's like this, how dare you? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there's a significant element of the country enough to be like, obviously a threat to a lot of people that have come up, have been brought up in from within that element that is, is, is regards women as not having, not being in a position to be able to have those rights yeah. or to choose who they want to marry. And that if they do that, then they disgrace the family. Mm. And, you know, it's like seen as like the, that has to be redeemed and it can be redeemed in a number of ways. It can be redeemed by, uh, in the worst case scenario, killing the, the, the woman or the woman can be um, uh, had, you know like physically um, brutalized you know, acid attacks that yeah. sort of thing or perhaps the woman can relent and and just go with the person depends like it's a you'd have to look on a case-by-case basis so so you wanted to bring light in well because I feel like in Australia like is that something that do you think I, I don't know I feel like in our current political context uh, our, our, our sorry our public context where we talk about these things it's like the conversation inevitably is like, this is a thing that happens with this culture. I'm using this as a stalking horse because I want to attack this culture. And then other people on the part saying, you're, you're, you're saying this, but Australia has bad things about its culture too. You're not talking about them. So I actually think you've got like a, an ulterior motive. And I, and, I, and I understand that. And there are a lot of people that do. It's like the whole thing of like, I've talked to Bo about this before, but it's like, I say, if someone says, well, you know, the, uh, Islam does this bad thing where they stone people and then what you're leading to is to say, can we get Muslims out of Europe? 
but you start off with this kind of what appears to be quite a reasonable uh, dispassionate observation about we these, these, you know these cultures are incompatible but it's like if the cultures are incompatible to some extent mm. there's a number of ways that you can go about dealing with that you can talk about you can look at education you can you can say well you know, just as we, the more extreme aspects of Australian culture are not accepted, uh, that we don't, we don't accept people like, we don't accept, you know, like out and out, you would say like what, like racism and, 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 and putting Indigenous people in missions. I'm sure there's some Australians that would still want to do that. That's not acceptable to us, right? And that's our own culture. So wouldn't you just say, to the extent that your culture is extreme and if it's like about honour killings and stuff, yeah. that we're not going to allow that to happen here, but we're not certainly not going to, blockade that people of that culture coming here so that seems to be a reasonable thing to and and i think that's what most people would 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 agree with right but the conversation publicly you don't hear that so this clash of civilizations bullshit all the time it's just so so like to for example to support um to support her and support that can we say her name or no 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 no. i can't say give any details because it's a um it's a because it's a client confidentiality thing for lawyers. Right. Any 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 like person. I mean, we could I could talk about it. I can talk on events and things, but nothing identifiable. Yeah. yeah. No, I get you. I get you, and that's absolutely fine. So, for the message that you want to get to across, yeah. Um. To to um. Australians. Yeah. Sorry, because yeah. that camera's off. Oh. Um, so yeah, to I, pause that. But the message that you want to get yeah. across, and we need all the cameras on so we can get the message across. What, what, like, and I'm not saying get it across to the people. <laughs> no. all, 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 to, to get across an understanding and the conversation that should yeah. be started. Um, what, what is it? Where do you well, start? Uh, the thing is, so I, because me, I'm naive on a lot of these issues. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I, no. like. I love talking about it and understanding other people's perspectives on all areas, whether you left, yeah. right, from here, from there. Yeah. And my, I just sit in a comedy realm and I'm trying to expand yeah. my mind by yeah, discussing yeah. with other people. So, what, what, uh, uh, how well, do so how do you support that cause? And then yeah. I have a follow up scenario. Sure, sure. And then and then we can we can knock it off after that. Okay, all right. So what I, I would say that um, the reason why it's important for people to be, the, I just said all that before to so to to make my position clear about when I'm talking about people refugees in this case from Pakistan, um, who are women who are fleeing from this, you know, culture of like reprisal because mm. that they've dishonoured their family. I think that's something that public awareness should increase in Australia about because the more that Australians understand this, it's kind of like the harder it is. I mean, like our immigration authorities, kind of their role is to basically, if they can find holes in something, they will, and they will reject people. I mean, and that's their role, right? I understand they want to flow, control the flow of migration, yeah. right? But here's the thing. You know, when the Hazara, which is an ethnic group from uh, Afghanistan, they were massacred en masse by the Taliban in the 90s when the Taliban came to power in Afghanistan. And it was awareness of that issue that led to Australia opening its doors to Hazara, who now, like we're talking second generation, third generation, who have been given a chance to avoid that. That's a hellish situation where you're being killed, like there's, there's just pogroms going on and you're of a particular ethnicity and you've got to hide in like, you know, cupboards and shit, like... That's not... You wouldn't want anyone to go through that, right? Mm. And 
same thing happened in Syria. When Syria, when ISIS went into Syria, we started accepting Syrians because, partly because the public became aware of what was going on. They were like, oh, this is, this is, this is horrific. This is like a genocide going on here. And then that kind of warmed the cockles of the Australian public's heart enough that they started saying, yeah, okay, fair, you know, fair cop, gov, we'll let these people in. Mm. Um, but with Pakistan, it's like this, this honest stuff's been going on for a long time. It affects a lot of women and it hasn't, it hasn't reached that point of critical awareness in the public. It hasn't reached that critical mass of awareness. That does have a... That does have an... Uh, and uh, that has an impact on immigration officials. Mm. Like the degree to which something is common knowledge, quote unquote, is going to improve that or, or is going to help or hinder that person's case. You know what I mean? If I say I come from this country and it's not a very well-known country, like in the public consciousness, and I say this terrible stuff's happening, they're going to go, they're going to be very exacting on the evidence, which, you know, fair enough. They want to they make sure it's a legitimate claim. But mm. it makes it, if you're assuming that the claim is legitimate, it makes it easier to prove because that can be very hard to prove. Like you've got to go and get some text message, some article that's written in a language that the assessor doesn't understand. It has to be interpreted because it's not in Australian media. You know what I mean? Mm. Like if we're talking about honour killings, like there's some talk of honour killings in England and stuff that have happened with some um, Pakistani and other Afghani families there. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about honour killings in Pakistan. Most of those articles are in Urdu. They're not even in English. Mm -hmm. you, know the, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just a level of removal that the immigration officer's like, oh, I don't whatever no so, do you know what i mean yeah so when but when you're publicly aware of it and everyone knows about it it like gives it more credibility credence okay Make, so yeah. then in the case of a person actually going through in the case it of makes, her case yeah then it allows our immigration Don't and our people to to accept it and take it as a real case yeah and and, and then allow her to stay because it's a situation yeah. where she would get killed in the other if she is to go back yeah where the case is still to, to be determined now i'll put this forward to you yeah if a person on the other side so right now she's saying that her family, yeah. uh, they want her to arrange marriage. Right. And they want her to marry this person. Now she's asking for asylum. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Do you think they can, like, the cases, what if it is untrue? Where does the floodgates stop? Where, like, mm. another person from Pakistan, because there's arranged marriage mm. just in that country, mm. they come over here and then yeah. they say, look, there's a, uh, my family's trying yeah. to get me an arranged marriage yeah. over there well, just to get citizenship yeah. in another country yeah. and not to go through yeah, all using the it as steps. A, yeah, as a it's tool. all almost yeah. like a bunny hop over yeah, the system. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I, I think um, my answer to that would be, I think that perception that there are floodgates that open and close is not reflective of reality because when you look at like a person who's claiming asylum each case has to be assessed on a case-by-case -case basis it's not done on like where you're for even though i say that awareness of a situation can help inform the decision maker ultimately that decision maker is going to look at those particular personal facts mm. and if there's enough questions if it's questionable you know if i make up that if okay, if I'm a Pakistani woman and I'm facing no issues at all and I come to Australia and say, oh, my family's trying to kill me, right? I have to provide evidence to support that, right? In mm. our client's case, uh, without going into too much detail, there was like Facebook messages and other things which indicated that, that people were making death threats and stuff. There was right. actually a... There is a there is at least there is a baseline of evidence. It's not just like, mm. oh, this thing happened that can't possibly prove, let me in. It's not like yeah. that. And the thing is, is like... 
so you have to understand that. So that's that's how it goes. That's that's in reality how it goes. And I think this issue gets politicized into thinking that the decision makers are just throwing their hands up at some point and going, everybody right. come in. And then they're going, no, nobody come in. It's 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 the way that the issue's been politicized by politicians. Okay. And I really dislike that. I think that I think that the question of asylum de- seeker determination should be an apolitical issue. Just like uh, certain like I say that because unless you think that we should not we sh- we shouldn't accept refugees at all then it's not appropriate to be characterizing groups of people in one way or another um, in terms of them being a having a particular attitude like being crafty or sneaky so essentially you're saying that the argument of being like well someone else coming in and then they making up that story and then they'll get allowed to stay yeah. isn't a value a valid argument because it's a case-by-case basis and our immigrations will look at each case yeah. and they'll effectively look at everything to do with that case to yeah. give the approval so people shouldn't be scared or frightened because each 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 individual trying to yeah. stay in our country has that due and, process. And I would also argue that in situations which have been characterised as the floodgates opening in the past, I'll give you a few examples, Vietnamese in the yeah. 1970s and 80s, um, Chinese people in the 90s, um, and then you had um, uh, you know, people from Lebanon, people from Sudan. Yeah. Every time there's That's been the current fl- one, right? Sudan's the current one. Yeah, well, and, and you and you can expect to see more people from Sudan coming because that country is in a very bad position at the moment. It, it, it improved for a while and now it looks like it's about to fall into civil war again. So, mm. yeah, there's going to be people trying to get the hell out of there again, which is, to me, pretty understandable. Um, but every time there's a flood of a particular ethnic group, it's if the reason why it seems like there's a flood is because what happens is it becomes common knowledge that there's a catastrophic situation happening and therefore that makes asylum seeker claims from people from that country very easy to prove by default. Like, in other words, if ISIS is in Syria and they're slaughtering like tens of thousands of minorities on the daily, brah, right? Mm-hmm. It's not hard for me to just come in and go, I'm a Christian and they're Muslim and this is what they're doing. And then they're just going to go, yeah, cool. Because it's because it's like what you know, how, like it's different if it's like peaceful situation and there's outwardly no evidence of problems. Like Pakistan, it's a democracy, it's whatever. It it, it ticks all the boxes, so you have to. It's harder to prove it because it's not. We don't know. Like it's like yeah, some people know about honor killings. I don't know. Do you know what I'm? You know yeah, what I mean? I Much you. harder for our client to prove that than for a person from Sudan from like 2005 when there was slaughter on mass going on to go. Yeah, I'm afraid of my life because I'm this ethnic group. Yeah. So when the, so it's only a flood because it's very easy to prove at that time. And then when the situation in Sudan improved, they were not letting in anywhere near as many Sudanese people because they were like, well, no, your your country's fine now. That, mm. that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like no, that's actually the procedural reality of what's going on in the refugee world. But do you see how different what I just said to you is from the narratives that you hear in the media? Yeah. It's just almost at a complete disconnect. You have very well-trained public servants who spend years like doing investigative like um, work and they have to get qualified. It's, you know, it's, it, it's not, I don't know. The, 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 way, the way it gets politicised really annoys me because it's, it does not reflect what goes on there at all. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was I, my sort of... I feel you. And no, I completely, like, I completely agree. And I, I think that this is a discussion that the general public should get to know because I feel like they get fed a lot of things where people just get scared and then people will say things like the question and that situation are put forward because that 
is a general consensus is that if you this lady can be lying about a situation yeah. and then it allows for other people to come in and then lie about that situation but what you've brought to light is that this is a case by case basis yeah. and each person goes through social media history, email history, oh, yeah. everything. Ins and outs so of everything. So the public shouldn't be worried. No, and I certainly don't think that they should be. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, when they lock people up on these islands, right? If a person comes to Australia by plane, then it's a completely different regime. They get assessed by a different authority. Like the boat thing is really not. I mean, I know they say it was to stop drownings, but like. I don't know. Don't you think, like, if you really... It, it, let's <laughs> assume... rings around and everything. If, if you were a legitimate refugee, right? Let's yeah. just say, you're fleeing, you know you're going to get killed. In, there's a good chance you're going to get killed in your home country. Yeah. I'd get on a fucking boat. Mm-hmm. If I'm running the risk of drowning, it's no, be- it's no worse than staying in my home country. So, I mean, this mm. idea that, like, well, we've stopped all these people drowning, it's like, well, okay, so if you stop them from coming over, then that's just... If they're going to get killed, they're going to get killed. Like, you've got to be pretty... I'm not saying... There are people... There are people who lodge false claims. And my and my position... my my What I believe about that is that most of those people get found out and they get rejected. Yeah. It's hard. They, they are so heavily scrutinising immigration officials. Yeah. They, they put everything under a microscope. So if you do come up with a bogus claim, the chances of you getting let through are very low. Yeah. I'm not saying it's never happened. So there may be like... There's some very low proportion, I'm sure, of people that probably did con the system, but it's not what it's being made out to be. Yeah. It's not like half of fucking Melbourne that Sudanese are all like frauds. Like that, that, that is completely dishonest. It is, dis- it is deceitful politicisation of the issue. And I just, uh, you, you don't have to necessarily, you know, I'm not saying that you have to necessarily be a bleeding heart, but just please if, make your decision on refugees from an informed position. Yeah. Because it is, at the end of the day, about people's lives. A hundred percent. I feel like that's the best point to leave it. And uh, I I respect that you you don't want to plug anything. You just want to bring light to the uh, to the discussion and ease people's mindsets and allow them to not have fear over this. And I think that's the main thing to get across. And we're going to a refugee rally now. Um, So. And we'll do some filming there as well. But thanks for coming on, having this discussion. Um, It's an important one. And it's crazy that um, just the podcast, having it be so comedy-based at these discussions is what I want the um, having the back and forth of, yeah. of a particular topic like this. And I feel like this is an incredible first topic to start on and a first guest to have on. Oh, yeah, Thank cheers. you so much. Appreciate we'll it, see you in future. Yeah, yeah. Lewis Appleton. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.